Hello, beautiful people. My name is Davi. I'm joined by Abe and Charlie. Welcome back to another Tony Tuesday. We just watched episode two of season two, and wow, <laughs> Janice is scheming, bro. But Livia is so smart. She's too smart she for this, bro. So she smart. she is the OG schemer. Yeah, she knows. She knows a, a scam when she she's. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, I want to start off with Charlie. Um. In this episode specifically, what what character and their motive specifically stood out to you in this episode? I mean, that's a loaded question because it's <laughs> obviously Janice. Right? Yeah, you know, I, just want, I want to <laughs> no, get there. You know, I just want to know. I, know. I feel you, but yeah. I I, wa- I want to touch upon the the conversation between Janice mm-hmm. and and Livia at the, towards the end there. Yeah, because Livia was showing signs of confusion again, mm-hmm. right? Calling her somebody else's name i can't recall was that her sister or something like that i don't think so she keeps referring to she's always like she's evil and whatnot um but i feel like oh it could have been livia's sister huh could have been livia's sister correct that's what i'm saying okay yeah um so she clearly had some beef in the past with her sister and now she's like confusing uh janice for her yeah confusing janice for her and whatever and i feel as though in that moment she was kind of like in and out of the conversation um because you remember you were saying that dr melfi said she has multiple personality disorder or whatever and i feel like she was switching between both personalities borderline personalities yeah borderline Mm -hmm. personalities or i feel like she was switching between two different personalities throughout that interaction and even in that um phone call i feel like she when she called uh and carmela picked up i feel like she went back to the personality of like she's kind of aware of her surroundings Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but during the conversation with janice i feel like she was kind of lost yeah that's interesting i think when she called carmella i think she first started as the the same vibe that we've gotten where she's like oh everything's not going my way right been abandoned but and then she completely switches up and she goes to talk about janice and i think there that's when we saw a different side of her that we're seeing in this season um, right. that I haven't seen. I mean, we were seeing with when she was scheming with, with Junior, but this one was very deliberately. You could see there is a shift here in her character and how she acts. I think she's very um, confused and switching up personalities the whole time. So let, I just want to clarify because yeah. based on um, per, borderline personality disorder doesn't necessarily mean that you have multiple personalities. What it means is so I'm reading the definition here because I don't want to get things wrong and I'm not a medical professional. Nobody here is. Mm-hmm. A, metal, uh, a mental disorder characterized by unstable moods, behaviors, and relationships caused by borderline personality disorder isn't well understood based on many symptoms. Symptoms include emotional instability, feelings of worthlessness, insecurity, impulsivity, and impaired social relationships. So so then I wonder, I wonder if it's just because of it being in the 90s them not knowing as much about this as now and it's technically multiple personality disorder is what she has instead of borderline personality disorder because she's switching up she's switching up like she's switching up uh people like she'll see someone and behave a certain way i think that's just at her one mood. time and it's think that there's someone and then switches up and starts to think that I, there's someone I else. I think that could be the, the the potential dementia, Alzheimer's piece. Like I think that right because we've so, talked about it, how she can have both. Right, because mm-hmm. she's she's not she's not changing up much of her.
herself. She does slightly, but she's not like a totally different person, right? She doesn't go from being like Livia to being like no. Barbara it's just her mood. It's, yeah. it's the biggest thing that we see is mood shifts, right? And uh, you know the the sense of worthlessness. That's a huge thing. Like we saw that. Right. We've seen that so many times with her. And then the other piece is the um, impairing relationships. And then we also see her being confused and and you know not fully knowing you know where she is or who other people are and i think that's a whole different thing i think that's the dementia alzheimer's piece um that that's a little bit in there so what i see it as if we're basing it off the the um borderline personality disorder uh i think what dr melfi's saying is she like in like based on that diagnosis she causes conflict within relationships so i think you know Part of her was was feeling very, um, you know, uh, how do I say it? Until Anthony Jr. came and talked about the DNR piece, part of her was feeling very, like, appreciated by Janice and like, oh, my God, somebody does very much care about me. But you notice the switch up happens after that conversation happens and she understands, oh, the DNR piece. So now all of a sudden the worthlessness comes back the feeling of insecurity whatever and that's how she she kind of puts two and two together with Janice and now she's kind of associating her with her sister yeah right and then she calls Carmela and has this conversation she's completely switched up on Carmela of how they, she's been treating them and being like I'm leaving everything to your kids to right. Barbara's kids who is her other daughter <laughs> cuz Janice she's conflating with this this horrible person and now she's like kind of stirring up this additional conflict within her own family. Don't forget, though, that it's not only just after the DNR thing, because prior to that, she was already kind of on to Janice and what she was doing. Remember when she was choking on the cookie and all that stuff and, and the nurse had to rush in? They There's like okay. certain comments and stuff that they were making. And it felt like she was kind of, you know, you made the Janice comment too, Abe, you that you did that she was faking. Right. Remember that? Part, yeah, no, no. Yeah, part of you seemed felt like 100%. It, right? So, yeah. like, I, I feel like even the first time, because remember um, the first time that Janice went to the hospital, she took Meadow. I think this was in the previous episode. And she kind of just ditched Meadow, right? And and Meadow was the only one with her grandmother. This time, it kind of was, you know, uh, Janice comes to the, comes there herself, and um, Livia is not really like, happy to see her at first mm-hmm. until she brings the 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 uh Pavarotti like cd and starts playing the the opera music and oh, yeah, yeah, flowers yeah. and all that mm-hmm. so Mario she knows Lanza. how to like manipulate her and and i feel like that's triggering something in this uh borderline personality thing like she is delivering her something that is something that she likes and she has a soft spot for and then that's going to cause her attitude, her emotions to be positive. Yeah, I think a think lot it of, could be the insecurity that she has. Yeah, I think in a lot of times in, in mental illness, what we see is people have very high highs and very low lows. So in the moment where she's feeling appreciated, where her daughter is bringing her this music that she thought like, oh, she you really thought of me. She's feeling this high of like, oh, I mm-hmm. am appreciated when what we've seen from Livia multiple times are expressing that people don't appreciate her. They don't care about her, that they could just put her in a grave, blah, blah, blah. Right. So, and then once she, she starts to understand Genesis motives, that's when I feel like we really see the switch up and really see her go the complete opposite direction of that. And also I just think the, the craziest thing, right. Is I think she somehow realizes that, She'll never admit this, but I think she somehow realizes that, like, 
Janice is a product of her mm. because in the set, in the moment where they're sitting there in that kind of common area where Janice is looking behind her, seeing the staircase and like see imagining her, like pushing her down and whatever. Right. Livia's looking at her and almost smiling and like laughing in this sense of like, I see right through you. Like I, I, I am a bullshitter. You can't bullshit a bullshitter. You know what I mean? Like that that's scene what was I got fantastic, man. So and and bro, the actress who plays Livia, I don't know her name, but she's fantastic. Bro. Yeah. In her age, like what she's doing is actually really, really well done, because that switch up and the the being able to convey all those different types of emotions is is really hard. But it, to me, it, it, she she very much conveyed like I'm on to you. Yeah, and what's so impressive is her visual cues with it and yes. how you're able to catch that. Mm -hmm. That is so hard to do in acting. Super hard. It is so hard, and she portrays that really well because from the get-go, when the scene started, you can tell that there was a switch. and We saw that visual cue by the way her facial expressions, she portrayed her facial expressions, and that is that is something you, you man, that takes time to craft something like that. Mm -hmm. That is really good acting. I, I, I'm still a little bit lost, though, whether... Livia is really like you're mentioning this like you know she's on to to Janice whatever but I don't know if she is constantly in that mindset I feel like there are things that put her in that mindset to remember like hey this person's after me like I'm in trouble and then she like forgets yeah I think that's yeah, the, yeah. the dimension the yeah. space. Mm -hmm. like stuff happened like in general, she gets in and out of like being lucid and understanding like everything that's happening. Right. So it's like the thing is, I feel as though maybe Janice is catching on to that as well. And, and trying to take advantage. And trying to take advantage. So like she takes her home, does all these nice things, whatever, she'll forget. Potentially. Yeah, may maybe, maybe not. It's good. Yeah, that's the that's the piece I think is still be uh, to be determined because even after Janice had left, she's seeing that. Know, we're seeing that she's calling Carmela and basically telling her like Janice is a snake, right? Mm -hmm. And so like she's lucid enough to remember that even after Janice is not there, her family's not around. She's saying all that stuff. Yeah, I'm just confused as if certain things are triggering that or not. So like hypothetical, she's now in this state of I'm in danger. Janice is a, a problem for me. If somebody comes by, let's say Meadow, and does nice things with her. And puts her into that, you know, mellow state of mind and whatever. Does she forget about the whole Janice thing until something negative happens again and then kicks off that side of, of her? Yeah. I mean, like we've mentioned, like the, her highs are high and her lows are low. Like I think, um, I think those negative things that happen cause her to really um, be kind of like on a war path of like everybody's out to get her and. And that she has these negative relationships, and that's that's when she really starts conflict. Um, but I do think, like, you know, the debates have happened in the comments already. We kind of know at this point that there is an internal debate within Sopranos fans of like, is Livia faking? Is she not? Is she lucid? Is she a master manipulator? It's very clear the characters are showing that. Like the characters are debating it themselves. Mm -hmm. Junior versus Tony. Is Junior lying so that he can get, you know, Tony to to make amends with his mom? Like, we don't even know. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 super interesting to dig into the psyche of the characters and what they actually think is happening mm -hmm. because it's the same debate that we're having. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's super, it feels super meta. Like, it, like <laughs> right now we're analyzing it just as the characters are, like, analyzing it in the show of, like, is she bullshitting or is she real? 
Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's what's super dense and uh, like layered about her <clears throat> character is that there's this continuous debate of like, within is, the family like, too. Yeah. Like, that's exactly. crazy. Exactly. Wow. And that's true. And that's how she also is stirring up conflict. And that's part of the multiple personality thing or um, borderline personality thing, excuse me, where she very much um, is the catalyst for starting conflict within her family and her close relationships. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's look at Janice. I mean, what she did prior in episode one where, you know, she started to learn more about, you know, Livia by taking Meadow to the hospital. And then from there, she took Meadow on a drive, talked to Meadow about Livia, understanding what Livia likes, what she doesn't like. So I think maybe you are right where we're going to see instances where Livia may forget and that's where Janice can take advantage of it. So I don't know. That's going to be fascinating to see. Yeah. Um, and maybe Meadow could be the middleman in all of this where Janice will depend on Meadow to be that that person. I don't know. That's fascinating to see to just see develop but um i want to talk about uh tony this episode whereas last the episode prior we were seeing uh his psyche a lot more um with the panic attacks and where in this episode we saw something different where um was it janice that said excuse me i'm sorry for putting something about his feet yeah not being considered feelings and he just said thank you Right. <laughs> and I was like, OK, that's that's development right there for Tony. Obviously, I know next episode he can go on a rage. But to be fair, I think that was pure sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> but um, what do you guys think of Tony in this episode? What stood out to you in, in his business and his relationship with Junior? Um, so one of the first things that I caught in when Charlie was mentioning how like his breath was bothering him. Um, I feel that when he's like, uh anxious in an angry way or like upset mm-hmm. like the, the the breath gets heavier and you know there's clearly things like a burden on him in a yeah. way i think uh one kind of you know hashing out this relationship with uncle junior and trying to to do all that as a stressor um uncle junior constantly telling him you know you got to make things right with your mom you got to make things right with your mom and then he has a sister all up in his business like there's so much like family stress right now and so much um, to, for him to be kind of like angry about that, you know, I, you can sense that there, that's like building up to, to something, to something negative. Yeah. Um, and we didn't really see him, you know, explode in this episode outside of, you know, the times where he was really directing anger at Janice. Um, so it, to me, that tells me that there is additional, you know, feelings being bubbled up and that's going to eventually explode in later episodes. Um but this this one this episode felt like you know Tony really trying to get his ducks uh, in a row, um, and I think one of the most significant um, pieces that we see in here is um, the Reverend and his father's relationship and how Tony kind of came into play with that. It was I think it was very symbolic of the the Reverend and his father and how good of a relationship they had, and then Tony and and his mother and how bad of a relationship they've had, and they're mm-hmm. kind of doing business together. Um, I thought there was something very significant about that. I'm having a hard time kind of putting into words why I thought that was significant. Um, but, you know, it was almost to me f- felt like Tony was able to like see into a fam, like a functioning family and a, a, a father, son, uh, uh, you know, son, parent relationship that that's loving. Um, 
and you know it was kind of the the time that we felt I think we saw Tony most at peace in this episode was when he was interacting with the Reverend and his father. Yeah, and you uh, you brought up something that was that was good where Tony's respect for certain characters is 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 interesting. Interesting, yeah. You know where some guys you they walk into the room and Tony is like, "Yo, I have a lot of respect, a lot mm-hmm. of love for you." Whereas there's other guys where you know if you do him dirty, he doesn't like you anymore. He holds grudges. Right. But the respect that he holds for certain characters is is interesting to see, and I wonder how that will play a role going forward as well. Yeah, I think part of that could also be just like old school mentality. Like yeah. obviously he's been taught to respect his elders. That's why he forever like had took so long for him to really have a falling out with his mother and everything. Um, so I think we see that with his respect for someone like Hesh, who was kind of like an old timer saw with the the father of the reverend there like he had a lot of respect for him so there's that piece um but also just like you know i I think he respects people who aren't like outwardly afraid of him like i I think the people who he like kind of puts down like they're always kissing his feet and they're always you know uh you know putting themselves below him and whatnot like the people who he truly respects are the people who like just look at him as a human look at him as an, a human but also like a little bit of an equal in a sense like look at the reverend and how he's like nah bro i need i need more cut on my end mm-hmm. for this because of x y and z like nobody tells tony that yeah. you know what i mean so i think there's a level of respect mm-hmm. there and a level of um equality that that tony really respects because i think he does get a lot of stress of like constantly being the boss and constantly being the one that everybody has to look to to make decisions yeah the the parallel different the, the difference was in season one with his neighbor he was going to the golf club mm. and trying to hang out outside of his outside of his crew and there everyone was just kissing his ass mm. and asking him questions and stuff so that's 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 another dynamic that's great um the whole reverend thing where they did this it was planned mm-hmm. <laughs> charlie what stood out to you in that um i mean i didn't see it coming that's for sure and it just goes to show like how corrupt a lot of people in this uh world of the sopranos can be even though you know they they were they had the whole thing disguised as like a as like a uh forgetting i'm blanking on the word a strike or a protest right against the against the the company i I believe it, it was a real protest right but the thing that was disguised was the bust up at the end was planned with Tony's guys. And Tony's guys were in on it. And then the Reverend knew that that was going to happen. Yeah. I see. Okay. Because what from what I got from it, they were trying to strike to unionize, probably get more fair wages, so on and so forth. That affects the business. That also affects how much Tony can get a cut out of that. So obviously it's in the Reverend and Tony's best interest to low-key put an end to that. So that it can continue right. to get a higher cut, right, right. So that's that's how I saw that right. playing out. Um, correct me, but he was, but but he was the one speaking at the strikes. No, or was that somebody else? No, that was him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's that what I thought. Him. So it's like the the fact that he's kind of like running this thing, mm-hmm. but also like putting an end to it at the same time <laughs> is is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I uh, wonder. I super wonder, corrupt. I wonder if the Reverend, because obviously we've seen like you know. Um, just in history, like Martin Luther King was a reverend, but he had um, very political aspirations and 
not even aspirations, but like had a lot of <clears throat> political involvement. So I wonder if this is another case of like, hey man, I'm a reverend, I fight for the the unions and the workers, but uh, not this one because yeah, right. this is the one that Tony Soprano is involved with. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So he has to plus you know, it puts put money on, in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you know, does he have to save face with with uh, you know his image and what he wants to put up? I don't know. This is the first time we've been really introduced to the reverend, so it'll be interesting if they if they continue to develop that character and for us to understand the background there. Yeah. And his motives for what he's doing. Yeah. Another thing that stood out to me in this episode was Uncle Junior, specifically how in the beginning of the episode he is on he's he's in that uh having that meeting with the judge uh asking to get released on bail um and drop all the charges because he's old and he's sick and obviously he's faking that. And then the end of the episode he hurts his back. Mm-hmm. And Karma. He was like, I'm not trying to be dependent on other people. Where now we're seeing where Junior now has to admit what I'm understanding is that Junior now has to rely on Tony now mm-hmm. and put that ego aside. And I think that's really going to hurt him. And we know it has hurt him and it's going to affect him a lot now. For um, Junior? For Junior. Yes. Yeah. I don't think it's just Tony either. I think he's going to rely on everyone. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. old age is going to catch up to him. He's obviously like he hurt his back. He's not going to be able to take care of himself. He needs <clears throat> people to help him take him to the hospital. This, that, and the third. I also think it's like a pride thing. He doesn't want to go to the hospital in the first place. Doesn't want to go to the emergency room because um, it makes him look soft. Makes him look weak. Yeah. So, yeah, all of these things are are, are not good. Yeah. Um, but I, it was interesting too, though. He had a moment there where he was like telling Tony, like, "Don't let me die." Uh, with this, you know, the this, guilt. this guilt uh, between him and his and his mother. So, I don't know. I think Junior is <laughs> having like existential, not existential crisis. He's but having he's some like, regret. Yeah, he's having some regret. He's seeing like, oh man, I could die any minute now, and I want things to be, you know, not the way they are. Yeah, yeah. he has to be in pain in order to see it. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the thing. Yeah, the other piece of that is also like. The, the slight piece of me that's that's a skeptic is you think like, he's is faking this, it? No, not that he's faking it, not that he's faking it, but using it as an opportunity to, you know, make amends to let Tony's guard down a little bit and kind of come out of the doghouse. You know what mm, I mean? Okay. Because the entire time, you know, Tony's pissed at Uncle Junior and pissed at Livia, and now like from what I see, it's like Junior is almost trying to take the brunt of the blame. So that he can fix his relationship with his mother and they can kind of all be at peace so that Tony can kind of, you know, recuperate that relationship. Yeah. Um, because the entire time that he sees Uncle Junior as part of that, then he's an enemy and he, he's able to hold that leverage over him. So, uh, you know, part of me wonders if he's trying to get Tony to kind of let his guard down um, by, by making amends with his mother. Um, I do think that obviously Junior's an old dude and, you know, they, they kind of. Uh, outlined that with all the hospital visit stuff. Like it was very foreshadowed throughout the entire thing. He was wearing mm-hmm. an oxygen mask in the beginning, being supported by that. He's going to like this doctor's office to have a mm-hmm. meetings. And then at the end he breaks his back basically. And he's like refusing to go in an ambulance. Yeah. It's all very, feels very yeah. connected. Yeah. yeah. I think it was junior that said it, this episode, correct me if I'm wrong, but he said, my father told me that we, he said, don't let yourself get old. Yeah. And it, yeah, that resonated with me because towards the end, we clearly saw Junior. You're old. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe do you think he was coming to an acceptance of that? Or do you think he's still in that 
internal conflict. Yeah, I think part. I think it's. Uh, I think he's battling with it because obviously, like the man needs to go to the hospital, and yeah. he's like almost refusing the help. But you know that that quote that you mentioned, he's also kind of realizing he's like, I'm not the young, you know, spring chicken. You know, I'm not the young mm-hmm. man that I once was. Um, I don't have the 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 benefit of youth anymore. Yeah. And before we go, I want to ask you guys, Charlie, filmmaking wise. What stood out to you in this episode? Was, was there any shot that you're like, wow, that was dope or anything? Uh, not per se. Mm-hmm. Not per se. But it just it just looks like the cameras they're using are more up to speed mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a big series of, of this magnitude. But uh, still kind of looks 90s-ish, early 2000s-ish. I think this is I think that's the I think that's the, the style they're going for. Heavy, like film grain. Yeah. Kind of rugged. But yeah, mm-hmm. but dang. Um, with that being said, y'all, thank you so much for watching and listening to this discussion. We appreciate the love. Please comment your thoughts on this episode, and we'll be back for more. For more, <laughs> Tony Tuesday. Peace, y'all. Adios. See you. <laughs>